minus four, three, two, one, zero. Hey, what's up? Intergalactic Boombox is currently blasting into your ear holes, and I am very, very grateful. My name is Kyle A. Bear. Our question of the week, soggy or crunchy cereal? And I've enlisted my new AI assistant, Bubba the Boombot. Now, sure, you got your, hey, Siri, Alexa, hey, Google. My AI assistant responds to, yo, Bubba! Holy Carol Baskins, what is it now? (laughs) That's kind of rude. I should program a nicer response, but I think it's kind of funny. Hey, Bubba, I need you to read the responses to the question of the week, crunchy or soggy cereal. Okay, I can do that. Just look at the intergalactic boombox discord. Uh Uh-huh. Break says crunchy. Yeah. No contest. Okay. Soggy cereal just... Tastes weird. Kaiser the Advisor says crunchy as well. Simply put, it's a lot more fun to eat. Fun. VS Void Spartan says crunchy. Kuma says it depends on the kind of cereal I'm eating. Okay. Jay loves Natsuo, prefers crunchy, and hates soggy cereal. Yes! Vash, on the other hand, loves soggy. Crunchy just jacks up the roots of his mouth. Exactly. Jumping David Hasselhoff. Be stop interrupting me. Keep reading the clock's ticking. Bobby Steele says he was all about the crunchy. Like Cookie Crisp and Oreos and such. Okay. Laura Lee likes crunchy if there's time. Okay. If it's soggy, it's easier to drink if you're in a hurry. Crazy Gohan Girl likes crunchy. And Costa prefers crunchy because he's lactose intolerant. Now, can I go back to get my moon tan? My rotors just got waxed for the occasion. All right. Well, thank you, Kyle Herbert. That's A-Bear. Whatever. Remember, kids, don't punch anyone in anger unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with it. That's horrible advice. Turtles! Okay, anyway, new question of the week. I want to know, is a podcast still technically a podcast if it's behind a paywall? You know, like Spotify with Joe Rogan. Is it still technically a podcast? Because the creator of podcasting, Adam Curry, believes that it should be a free MP3 distributable over on RSS feed. And if it's exclusive and behind a paywall, it's certainly not free. He suggests calling them netcasts. I mean, I've always viewed podcast as an on-demand audio talk show. And you got people calling their video shows and things on YouTube video podcasts. It's like, wait a minute, is that really a thing? What's your definition of a podcast? Is a podcast totally free? Is it audio only? Is it even still a podcast just for convenience sake, just calling it a podcast, even if you have to still pay for it with a premium subscription and such? I'm curious to know what you guys think. Drop your replies into the Intergalactic Boombox Discord, discord.gg slash Bear. Also, I'll be checking the inbox at the Intergalactic Boombox at gmail.com, at BoomboxPod on Twitter, and we could be reading your reply right here on next week's show. The live audio app space is expanding in a big way. Facebook presenting audio rooms, so far for the U.S. only as of now, that can be ticketed and monetized. Twitter simultaneously announcing ticketed spaces and super follows which users can apply for. Super follows being pretty much a virtual tip jar. Spotify announced Green Room, 
which already has their own app, and it's gained a lot of momentum since its launch last week. Monetization for hosts are coming soon on there. All the social media giants basically promote the fact that you can record the audio to use as a podcast. And Facebook, speaking of, has announced podcast, which will play directly on the app, mobile and desktop which will bring comments into the fold. And that's a killer feature that has really kind of hurt Joe Rogan since he left YouTube for Spotify. He really liked it, and a lot of people did too, like the fact you could see the feedback from the fans on the YouTube clips. Spotify doesn't have an avenue or a way to do that. Now, Spotify Greenroom has a chat function. Currently, it works only on iOS. What does it mean for Clubhouse? This is where the live audio thing began just a few months ago. It became the It app. It was number one on the App Store and Google Play. People were just like going crazy trying to get an invite. And these guys are still invite only. The numbers have dipped a lot because of that limited uh, outreach. And with brand names like Spotify and Twitter and Facebook all getting into this game, I think Clubhouse's days might be numbered where they're going to be forced to either be sold off or shut down or evolve their product, but definitely will ever reach the same heights of popularity. I kind of feel bad for the guys who created Clubhouse because now you got people like Mark Cuban's Fireside and other taking their formula, tweaking it a little bit, and they're all trying to monetize on that thing. Other small indie projects, uh, Discord has their own version, which they have something called Stages. The birth of this audio movement seems to be another result from everybody being cooped up. And I'm sure there's a good amount of folks who are camera shy, and this totally scratches that itch. Audio rooms, they're great in concept, but so far I've seen this space mostly taken up by marketing and entrepreneurs. You want to get into Bitcoin? We're going to make you smart. And uh, I'm not really seeing a lot of diverse amount of topics. I mean, occasionally. I've yet to find a room dedicated to anyone who remembers You're the Man Now, Dog. This just in, Ryu is the Kevin Bacon of video games. Just like the party game Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, where you can connect basically any movie or TV star to a project that also has Kevin Bacon in it in six moves or less, this is now a thing. Only it's Six Degrees of Ryu. You can see a brand new Twitter account that has been gaining followers by the thousands at Ryu number on Twitter. As a gamer and the actual voice of Ryu in the Street Fighter franchise since Part 4, I know that this news definitely caught my attention. I mean, can any video game character be connected to the answer lies in the heart of battle guy? Apparently so. For, for example, Monokuma from Persona appeared with Cadence in Crypt of the Necrodancer. This is Japanese only, but still an official release. Cadence also was in Cadence of Hyrule with Link, who is in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate with Ryu. Or how about this one? Wayne Gretzky was with Snoop Dogg in NHL 20. Snoop was with Haihachi via Tech Attack Tournament 2. Haihachi was in Project Cross Zone 2 with Ryu. The iconic character, Ryu, has been walking the earth since the year I graduated high school, 1987. Now, for all I know, he probably inspired that song, I would walk 500 miles or... Cut loose, foot loose, kicked off the Sunday shoes when Footloose came out, because that stars Kevin Bacon. But he doesn't appear to wear shoes on any day of the week. Can you play Six Degrees of Ryu? Sure you can! Sorry, I had to. The rules are the character has to have been in commercial video games, no limited time accessibility, so Fortnite doesn't count, and identifiably unique individuals. You want to delve into some full frontal nerdity, blast open your Twitter with a Hadouken and follow at Ryu Number. Transformers. 
Rise of the Beasts will be unleashed next summer. Oh, that hurt. <clears throat> okay. Uh, now, before I hear a bunch of table flips, Michael Bay is not directing. Paramount has seen dwindling box office numbers for years with the uh, subsequent Transformers movies, and uh, but they still believe in the franchise, as does executive producer Steven Spielberg, who's divvying up his time between this and a new deal over at Netflix for his own projects. Now, who is directing? Creed 2's director, Stephen Capel Jr. Marky Mark has moved on. So has the Funky Bunch. So instead, you're going to get Dominique Fishback and Anthony Ramos. Uh, on top, of course, the Autobots and Decepticons. There's also a new triple threat, Maximals, the Predacons, and the all-new Terrorcons. No trailers or images posted, but there is a logo out there. So Google search that or look at the show notes in case you want to screen cap and make a new wallpaper for your phone. I'll see this thing on day one if Mark Wahlberg comes back and reprises his role from Boogie Nights and sings, You got the touch! You got the power! Come on, sing with me! Or don't. West of the Rockies, you are on the air. Is this the intergalactic Roomba? Boombox. Conspiracy here. Oh. Did you know that that rich guy with a wonky eye is launching a rocket into space on July 20th? Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos on board the Blue Origins New Shepard. It's a giant pee-pee. <laughs> what? And huh, he's launching from Texas, so read into that what you will. Uh, did you hear about the two petitions? Yeah, they want to gather signatures to prevent Bezos' return to Earth. And the other is for people to hide when he returns. Yeah, which one are you signing? Neither. I'm starting a third petition for the U.S. government to admit this guy is leading the alien globalist agenda and will fire lasers out of that wonky eye as soon as he hits low Earth orbit. Why would Jeff Bezos destroy mankind? That's a lot of lost revenue. What are you, dense? Because he's going to sell a ton of Prime subscriptions to the aliens who are going to terraform the planet. Uh, no way, dude. I'm not terraforming for minimum wage. Gits, don't set him off, man. I, I want an Amazon Prime subscription. Free shipping. Shiggles, just let it go. Oh, your two extraterrestrial buddies are in cahoots, aren't they? Do they have wonky eyes, too? Hey, my eyes happen to be more winky than wonky. All right, conspiracy. Uh, we got to go. Thanks for the call. You betcha. Are zombies a dead genre? Let's see what I did there. Depends on who you ask. I love me some zombies, man. Both in films, games. I've seen a ton of movies through the years. A lot of really creative, original takes. But I'll, I'll admit freely, I have not seen the original Dawn or Day of the Dead. I've only seen the original Night of the Living Dead from the master George Romero. The reason we have a zombie genre. goes all the way to, what, 1968? Now, a couple of years ago, Netflix dropped... Black Summer, a toy like a toyga, super intense eight episode run. And I was totally blown away. Follows different characters, journeys that eventually intersect. And there's a retelling of events from different perspectives that fill the viewer in. It had a rather ambiguous ending and we were all left in the dark as to whether it would continue. Well, season two finally just came out and it's another eight episodes. And ironically, it's set in the winter. There's a handful of characters that did make it from season one. Questions were answered. This new season has the same stylistic approach. So you got the out of sequence intensity, only it's ratcheted up even way more this time. And I got to admit, this is the show that I wish Walking Dead had been. I was really into Walking Dead for like four or five years. And then it did the interest kind of dwindled because it just became too talky. And we're going to run into another city or sanctuary where people aren't what they seem. And it's like, OK, 
And with Black Summer, there are beats where you can catch your breath, get to know characters more. And like Walking Dead, the good people have shades of bad and vice versa. It is apocalypse, after all, and the worst in people always rises to the top in a battle of selfishness. And there are a few occasions where you do end up actually rooting for the zombies. That's always fun. They show up at any moment and are relentless. Now, this is not like hordes like an army of the dead, but even one or two seem to pose just as much of a threat. And the out-of-order sequence of scenes teases how things end up before you learn how they play out, which is awesome. It's like putting together a puzzle, and you slowly start putting the puzzle pieces together. Wait, that character's not in this. Wait a minute, how'd they die? Or did they? Any bastion of hope becomes a beacon of dread as you realize any sanctuary will become a target, either for the zombies or a bunch of gun-wielding psychopaths. There's a lot of crazy to go around here on uh, on Black Summer. The pacing is addictive, so this is a super, super quick binge. Okay, like season one, there's an ambiguity in the climax and a sense of, oh, that's it? But it did not undo my enjoyment of the ride at all. And if you love horror action, don't miss both seasons of Black Summer on Netflix. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Check the show notes for all the various ways you can get in touch with comments, questions, suggestions, links for donations, including how to donate crypto. So until next week, this is Kyle Abair, and I will see you on the flippity floppity. 